Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. You can find The Aside on SoundCloud, the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Android podcasting apps, and now Spotify. The next eight episodes of The Aside come from Drama Victoria's mini-conference 2019, Jumpstart, where Heidi Irvine is in conversation with Wesley Enoch about Indigenous perspectives through drama. These episodes were recorded at a live event, so the audio quality isn't as high as it usually is. This is part four of the eight-part series. If you have not listened to the earlier parts of the conversation, I encourage you to go back and listen to those for context. This episode is on the question, can you have students playing Indigenous characters if they are not Indigenous themselves? Can you can you have students performing Indigenous mm. characters uh, if they're not Indigenous? And I think it was um, in one of the monologues that was used um, uh, last year. Was it last year? Yeah, so there was a... Um, an Indigenous monologue included, and then there was kind of a conversation that went around about it going, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in previous years as an attempt to include Indigenous perspectives. There's been Indigenous characters on the solo perform- performance exam. Can our non-Indigenous students all present these? It's complicated. What are your thoughts? Um, playing Indigenous characters. I've got, I have a very personal perspective on this, which is um, within an educative environment, I think it's important that that through building compassion and empathy for students to to understand the language, understand the characters, understand the, the scenarios that are being played out, to do the research that this is a great introduction to that. I, I think that just to know that they are playing a character as well, often we confuse this idea of authenticity and the authentic voice from the dramatic, the theatrical, the taking on a character. We, an Aboriginal um, uh, and Torres Strait plays do that anyway. Uh, a play like Stolen, for example, um, people start to say, oh, that must be your story, you know, because you're up there telling it and it feels so authentic, therefore it must be yours. Or, or like Seven Stages of Grieving, yeah, which is, you know, you know, the number of people who think that that's Deborah Malman's life story, you know, going, no, no, it's composite, it's pulled in from all over different places that we wrote it in a way that was, um, meant to be be able to play by anybody. It it isn't uh, specifically designed only for Deborah to play that role. It's not her life story in such a way. And that the invitation in many works is to go. How do you get into the vernacular? Where does that accent come from? What does this word mean? What is the scenario in which this text happens? Uh, you know, they're all about um, asking questions. Now. I then start to make, I then start to distinguish what is then for public performance and then what is for professional public performance in that way. Um, in a professional environment, I'd be saying, look, we're not there yet. We might be. Like, I, I'm hoping for a world in 50 to 70 years where anybody can pick up a text and play that text and not assume that they have to only speak from the authenticity of lived experience that they can have knowledge and understand the story within the intention of the writing, obviously. Like, sometimes the writing is about giving... Uh, Jack Davis was fantastic. Why he wrote so much um, Noongar language into his plays was he was there teaching his um, relatives, his, his, his daughters, um, uh, nephews, etc., 
teaching them language through getting them to rehearse this play. And so the intention of that play was always to be about getting those people up and onto stage and learning their own cultural um, knowledge. Um, so so in, in a professional setting, I'd go, look, we're not there yet. Uh, especially, again, with the dearth of um, uh, Indigenous uh, roles or, 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 or the ability to, to, to keep a, a, an employed group of actors. Okay, in a professional setting, absolutely needs to be an Indigenous performer playing those Indigenous roles, Indigenous identified roles, um, and then Indigenous actors playing every other role that they can as well. In this environment where the education of young people turns into a public performance, I think then it's very much about working with your local community to go, what is this about and how does it work? And and it goes a long way, I mean, I don't know, I, haven't, I can't feel the room necessarily about this, but God, there's some warriors on the left that just kind of say, you cannot do, you cannot do, you cannot do. And my, my thing is really about going, how do you, and warriors on the right as well, I guess. But, you know, the, the paralysis of integrity thing saying you can't do this. Whereas I'm much more nuanced about it saying how, what's the local community think about this? What's their take? What does it mean to get an elder at the beginning of the performance that has a series of monologues from different indigenous players as anything else to get up and do a welcome to country in front of that show? And what relationship do they have to the work? Again, it's kind of, if nothing, it's deepening the experience for the students so that they have a, um, a much stronger connection to the material they might be performing. Um, and, and also articulating the context, not just for the students, not just for the Aboriginal community, but also for the audience in front of you. To actually go, yes, we're doing, the, we're doing no sugar because we want to talk about this and this and this and this and this. Um, and I, I, I think too, there's, there's part of me that goes, look, you put on a play, but it's the context that's also interesting. Imagine doing a devised work out of No Sugar. What is the student's response to doing this? Um, I looked at, um, there was, um, um, uh, oh, what's Colin Johnson? Marajin, Narajin, Narajin, oh, it'll come to me. Madhuru Narajin, um, where he did a response to a, uh, a Goethe piece, and it was fantastic because he said, here's this kind of um, fantastic piece of political theatre from Germany, and I'm gonna do an Aboriginal response to it. So they would do the scene from the German piece, and then they would write a scene, which was the, their, the Aboriginal response to doing that scene. And this whole idea of creating a dramatic context in which the reading of that play could be seen. Now, I think that's also an invitation to say, imagine doing a scene from, no sugar, where they're playing the roles and they're doing that, and then you, you devise and write a scene with the students which unpacks it for you. Wouldn't that be an incredibly deep experience for everyone involved, the audience as well as the, the, the young people involved? But ultimately, it's the sense of the tension between a, a Western tradition of playing character, of taking on character, of transforming, and a very strong um, indigenous tradition of truth-telling, of um, authentic representation of, of the situation. I, I remember doing, we did a, I was, when I was resident director at the Sydney Theatre Company. That's right, that one. I remember Robin, Robin Nevin came up to me and she, she was watching a rehearsal and she and I have wonderful tensions 
And she said to me, oh, I get it now, I get it now. How different your shows are to the ones that, that well, she, I, I was making, she was making. Um, and she said, I believe in transformation. I believe as an actor, I transform. I have skills that make me other than who I am. And that what you're doing is about storytellers. They're not actors, they're storytellers. And I went, oh, whatever. But there's this notion of the telling of the story could be done from any perspective. That it wasn't always, that character was just a, a thin veneer from the lived experience that these actors, so just putting the actors on stage was already dramatic. Whereas putting Robert Nevin on stage was not dramatic. She had to then show all these other things. Well, she's dramatic wherever she is. But, <laughs> but that she had to then demonstrate her transformational skills to get there. Now, when looking at an Indigenous text, I'm actually saying, how do you create a transformational experience for young people? Yeah. How do they transform through empathy, through compassion, through knowledge, through research, to understand the situation of these characters? And how does an audience read that? And I think to just be more explicit rather than just you know sit back and think that this, by staging uh, an indigenous play, that the audience will understand all of this thinking that's behind it, because I don't think we're there yet. That's a well, very long answer. But. That's okay. Um, so I think that idea of... Um, we're doing exactly the thing I said we, we shouldn't do, which is jump around. I'm sorry about that. I had a plan. That's fine. Um... <laughs> well, that's it for this episode of The Aside. But please do keep listening for the rest of the interview with Wesley Enoch on Indigenous perspectives through drama. You can find The Aside on SoundCloud, the Apple Podcasting app, Stitcher, Android Podcasting apps, and now Spotify. If you would like to ask us a question or you have a suggestion for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. We answer a number of emails each week and are more than happy to help. Thank you to Drama Victoria for supporting this podcast. Thank you to Aaron Searle for providing the music. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. And of course, thank you for listening. <laughs>